Good morning. It's good to see all of you here this morning, and it's good to be back. This morning, if you would please, take your Bibles and turn with me to, oh, I have to get my notes in order, to Leviticus chapter 19, Leviticus chapter 19. Now, I'm not going to tell, tell you where we're going to go in that chapter quite, just quite yet, um, but I wonder if you'll be able to be able to guess as we go along here. We're going to talk about one little part in our church covenant this morning. And in beginning that, I need three helpers. Now, I already had one who volunteered. Should I tell you what it's for? I need three helpers. Is that Justice back there? Come on, Justice. Come on. Gad, Mick. Where's Gad? He's not there. Okay, I've got two. I need one more helper. Maybe I should do it from a different family. Okay, um, is that just Josiah? Come on up here, Josiah. Okay, we've got one, two, three, four, me. You guys know what we're going to do? You guys know how to play Uno, right? You guys know how to play Uno? Great. You like playing Uno? Is it fun to play Uno? Kind of, sort of? Okay, here, let's see. Look in your church covenant for the word deal. I'm going to deal. All right, here we go. We got four of us. One, 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 two, 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 three, 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 four, 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 five, 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 six, 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 six. We're doing seven, right? Seven, 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 seven. Okay. Let's play. Pick a stack. Did you all find the word deal in the church covenant? Okay, good. All right, let's see how this goes. Now, how's this go? The dealer goes first. Does the dealer go first? No, the guy to his left goes first. So, Mick, you go first. It's your turn. Do you have a green or a one? Do you know how to play this game? Yeah. Oh, good. Hmm. Oh, then you have to draw. Oh, yeah, you can lay that. Okay, Justice. Well, you can lay a five or a green. Is it my turn yet? Change the color to red. Draw four. No, you don't, you don't have to. Only he does. Okay, but you don't get to go because you get to draw four. Okay, now it's your turn. What's the color did I say? Green? Well, just green, whatever. Now, you all know are in on the little secret. Am I following the church covenant? But they don't know that yet. You know what, guys, lest I discourage you and you all get frustrated. Well, let's just keep going. Just a little longer. Is it your turn? Did you do a green? There we go. Okay. Mick, it's green. Draw four. 
this game is going to be no fun. Do you guys know why? <laughs> no, look at this, guys. Look, look. Do you know what they call that? Stacking the deck. It's called cheating. You see, I didn't shuffle the deck. Instead, I sorted the deck so I would get all the draw fours and all of the wilds. And you know what else I did? Check this out. I took all the draw twos and the skips and the reverses and I put them in my pocket. Was that fair? No. Your name's Justice, isn't it? Was this much of a sign of justice? No, not at all. Now, let's look here at our church covenant. Our church covenant says that we as believers, we engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit to be just in our dealings. Now, was I just in my dealings? No. So that came from justice. Did I have justice in my dealings? No. I was a cheater. Wasn't I? Now, I was a cheater just to prove a point. We're going to have to play Uno later for real. Because I don't want you to think that's the way I play Uno. Mick is really disappointed. He was looking forward to playing Uno with me. We're going to play Uno later, okay? Okay, but then we're going to play it real. Was this real Uno? No, this was not real Uno. This was not real Uno because I had sorted the cards. I was supposed to shuffle the cards, and these cards are so worn it's hard to shuffle them, but they could have been shuffled, not like I did them. Okay, so let's postpone this game, and let's have this game in a little while, but how do you feel? How did you feel when you got the first draw four? Not good. How'd you feel when you got the second? Very bad. Very bad. <laughs> you know, that's the way it feels always when things are not just. What's just mean? Just means right. Right with God. In this game, it's right with the rules. And I wasn't following the rules, so this was not justice. This was cheating. And you know what? As Christians, we're not supposed to cheat. We're supposed to be just in all our dealings. So we call this dealing, right? When we spread out the cards, we call that dealing. Are there other things we call dealing? Do you know? Dealing with troubles. Dealing with troubles. We deal with troubles. And so should we deal with troubles the wrong way or the right way? The right way. What's some troubles that you have to deal with? A lot of things. A lot of things. You're right. You all have a lot of things you have to deal with? Boy, some of you aren't raising your hand. I wish I could have your life. We got to deal with things every day. Do we deal justly with justice? Or are we going through the day cheating, doing things our own way? How do we deal with things? Did I deal justly, Mick? No. No. He said that emphatically. No, you're right. So we're going to have to play and play fair. 
I wasn't trying to cheat here, but to make a point. Did I make the point? Good. Thank you, guys. You can go sit down, and we do have to play a real game of Uno, and then I'll let you guys shuffle the deck. We'll see if you do it justly. Will we do it justly? Did you see there in our church covenant, we, as members of this church, we have covenanted together to engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk circumspectly in this world, to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment. That basically means that every part of my life should be right and be done in a just and right way. All the way from a game of Uno, all the way to how I treat that person who doesn't speak the same language as me and doesn't look the same as me and doesn't act the same way as me. I'm to be just in all my dealings, in everything that I deal with. But you know we got to figure something out. What does it mean to be just? Well, in the game of Uno, what does it mean? Anybody going to venture to guess? I kind of said it a minute ago. What's it mean, Mick? To play fair. And how do you play Uno fair? Yeah, play by the rules. The rules establish what is fair. The rules establish what is just. Now, you might have a little bicker problem that you got to deal with with a brother or sister. Where's the rule book? Where's the rule book? How do you know what is just? I saw two people hold up a book. What's this book? That's just another name for book. What is this book? God's Word. God's Word. You're right. We know the rules of life from God's Word. So we're to be just in our dealings. Now, I don't know about you, but there's lots of words I don't know what mean. And so what do I do when I don't know what a word means? What do I do? What? I wish. Most of the time I just guess. Yeah, ask Siri. Yeah, but it's probably a good idea to look it up in a dictionary. I think she's right. But most of the time we just guess. And you know, as I'm learning and studying and preparing to share with you, sometimes I just think I know what a word means. And I don't bother to look it up. I don't bother to ask Siri. But sometimes I look it up. And this word, this little, little, little word just, I decided to look up. And I looked it up, I got all kinds of dictionaries. And I looked it up in several different dictionaries. And there's a few different definitions, and there's different kinds of definitions. And I found the best definition in the Oxford English Dictionary. Let me read it to you. It's actually definition number 
1. And it says this, that does just as that does what is morally right, righteous, just before with God, or simply just, righteous in the sight of God, justified. Now, how many of you agree with that definition? Oh, but I didn't finish reading it. Now, chiefly as a biblical archaicism. Now, it says, chiefly as a biblical archaicism. That means it's obsolete. It's actually beyond obsolete. See, dictionaries have obsolete, and then they have archaic. This is, this is, this is biblical archaic. That means it's not relevant anymore. And you know, then I kind of scratched my head and said, no wonder why all the other dictionaries I looked in didn't have complete definitions. Why? Because the people writing the dictionaries don't like the standard. There were a lot of other good definitions about it being tied to society, about it being tied to law, about it being tied to um, our equity and social obligations to other people. There's lots of other definitions and relevancies of it, but it kind of troubled me when it declared that the best definition for just is just Bible archaic. Don't use it anymore. Now, it really bothered me because that just declared me as archaic. And I don't feel archaic. I feel really contemporary. In fact, one of the very first verses, in fact, it's not one of the first verses. In our family Bible time, how many of you know a verse that uses just in it? Any of you know a, know a verse that uses the word just in it from family Bible time? It's in the review sections at the beginning of every book. It's found in the book of Ecclesiastes. Anybody know? Anybody know? Want to call it out? Just call it out. That's right. So who defines just? Who defines sin? God does. And when you make God archaic, obsolete, not contemporary, not relevant, oops, we have a problem. You know the real reason why it was morally wrong for me to do what I did with those UNO cards? It had nothing to do with the UNO rules. Do you know that? It had nothing to do with the UNO rules. If there were no God, there would have been no moral significance to me cheating. The moral significance is that God has called for there to be justice and righteousness. And that extends even to those rules that we as human beings agree to between each other in a simple game of uno. But it also goes to when someone's wronged you. How do we be just when we deal with it? How do we be righteous? Well, I had you turn there to Leviticus 19. 
Did you happen to find, perhaps, the verse we're going to look at? It's down in verse 11. It declares this, Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. What I did as an illustration earlier was I dealt uno falsely. Another way of putting it. Because I knew the rules, and I knew that Mick especially was coming to play Uno to have fun. But I purposely, deceitfully, falsely stacked the deck. This is a problem, dealing falsely. Proverbs 12, tells us lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. That means he hates it like really strongly hates lying lips. But they that deal truly are his delight. Did you know that by playing a game fairly and truly, you are delighting God? Dealing falsely, it's an abomination to him. You see, when it's, we covenant together as Christians, as a church, to walk circumspectly into the, in the world, to be just in our dealings, to be faithful in our engagements, and to be exemplary in our deportment. It is to live in a way that pleases God and live in a way towards others in the world and people around us, beginning with those in our own home. So how do we deal with things? I have a little fun thing I'd like to suggest for you to do at home. Do you have a concordance? Look up the words, the English words, deal in your concordance, and you'll find some really interesting accounts about how people deal with things. Just as an illustration to just begin in this concordance. By the way, there's more than just deal. We have the words deal and um, dealer and dealers and dealist and dealeth and dealing and deals and dealt. So there's more than just deal. But it's kind of interesting at how it kind of goes. Genesis chapter 19, you know that account? It ain't a very pleasant situation. Lot has dealt with the people around him in Sodom a little different. And then they declare how they, the men of Sodom, are going to deal with Lot because Lot won't give them what they want. Tell me, if you know that story, were the men of Sodom just in their dealings with Lot? Yes or no? No. no. That's just the first one. Then we go to Genesis chapter 21. And just, I'm reading it just right from the, the concordance here, which is very limited. That thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor... Well, you have to look up context. Remember, I warned you that when you use a concordance, very important, context, 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 context. What are the verses around it? What's the history around it? This happens to deal with someone talking to Abraham, saying, deal with me, when Abraham hadn't dealt right with him. 
he had lied to the king. And look, right off here, he's asking him not to deal falsely with him. Oh, and then we learn about dealing kindly and truly. The king, again, is on topic here. He's wanting to say to Abraham, you deal, will you deal kindly and will you deal truly with me? Because you haven't. And the list just goes on and on and on of all kinds of things that people in history have had to deal with. Just like Mick said, oh, there's lots of things you got to deal with. When I asked him specifics, he just like, there were so many, he couldn't even give one. Because you have to deal with everything, every moment of every day. And will you deal righteously? That is right in the sight of God. Will you deal righteous in the sight of God? Do you remember Jacob's sons? They were near a town called Shechem, and the prince of Shechem did something to their sister that wasn't good, and they didn't like. So you know what they did? They dealt deceitfully with the men of Shechem. In fact, Simeon and Levi are referred to as instruments of cruelty because they use deception to murder an entire town of men. And when they were confronted by their father who said, do not you cause me to stink, they responded back defensively, saying, well, why should Shechem deal with our sister the way he did? So you see, sometimes we are tempted to deal unjust like, you know, these guys, I'm going to have to watch them when I play the Muno because they're going to have a temptation. I'm not saying they're going to, but they're going to have a temptation to stack the deck on me because that's oftentimes our normal way of doing things. We give evil for evil. That's what Simeon and Levi did to Prince Shechem and the entire town of Shechem. They dealt far worse evil for evil. They dealt falsely which ties into our covenant again. Do you see how it began to walk circumspectly in the world? We are living in this world, and people are looking at us and watching us, and do we walk according to a standard of God's word rightly? Do we walk and deal justly? When we engage with people, when we engage with brothers and sisters, when we engage with our enemies, when we engage with those who have cheated us, do we engage with them in a faithfulness to be dependable? And are we exemplary in our deportment? Deportment's a fancy word for the way we live, for what we do. Are we an example? That's what Jacob is saying to his sons here. He's saying, I'm not exemplary in my deportment. What you have done has caused my name to stink. To stink. Because they were not just in their dealings. How are we just in our dealings? We could keep going. The concordance just keeps on going. And there's, there's a few that I'd like to talk about that are very negative. 
Do you know there was a problem in Egypt after the children of Israel had been there for many hundreds of years? They were becoming a great nation. And Pharaoh had what he thought was a problem that he had to deal with. It actually uses that word. Now, if you were Pharaoh, how would you deal with the problem of an ethnic minority propagating and growing like wildfire in your nation? Well, you would want to deal with that very wisely, wouldn't you? Right? So Pharaoh says in Exodus chapter 1 and verse 10, come on, let us deal wisely with them. Yes, Pharaoh's going to deal wisely with them, right? Right? So what was his plan? The wise way of dealing with them is to make them our slaves. Is that a wise way of dealing with a problem? Yes or no? No. It got worse. Pharaoh decided to deal with them another way. Instead of just making them as slaves, they actually began to multiply even more. So then he commands the midwives who deliver all the babies to murder all the baby boys. Was that dealing justly or wisely? Yes or no? No. We have slavery and genocide as a way of dealing. Certainly not just. Certainly not just. We fast forward in history and we come to the days of the prophet Eli. You remember him? Eli had some sons. Now, some of you know the history of Eli and his sons, and some of you don't. Tell me, did Eli's sons deal justly with the people who came to that tabernacle? Yes or no? No. No. It tells us in 1 Samuel 2.22, Now Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. You see, their dealings were not just, their dealings were what? Let me read it again to you. For I hear of your evil doings by all this people. So their doings, their dealings were not just, they were what? Evil. Evil dealings. This also you can see. Did you notice Eli is hearing about it? Late in, in, our, in our church covenant, we have exemplary in our deportment. Exemplary. It's setting an example of how people ought to live. You, you would think that most of all people, the priest would set an example of how to live. And the news would spread, hey, look at how they live. Follow them the way they live. Not with Eli's sons. Not with Eli's sons. No. Eli's hearing of the exemplary deportment. Oh, evil. How about in Malachi chapter 2? Malachi chapter 2. God 
speaks. Listen. Malachi 2.16, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. He hates divorce. Look what else is the problem, though. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord. The Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. In this time of Israel, there were people who had forsaken the one true God and gone and worshipped other gods, and worse, it was being reflected in their own lives, for they were dealing treacherously with their own wives, the wives of their youth. They were abusing them, and then they were just covering it up as someone would cover up violence with a garment. But God says, I see, and I am the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? I'm the Lord of hosts of armies. You ever heard about a great, big, mighty, strong army? You have heard of nothing, seen nothing, till you see the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. And he's one who has commanded justice, what is right, what is just. But here you see those who are dealing treacherously. And it's a really big problem. And you know, if you keep reading in Malachi, it gets worse because some of these abused women are going to the temple and they're clinging on to the holders and the horns of the altar and they're weeping and they're crying for help. And the people who should be helping them stand over them and they call evil good and good evil. And they say, if your problem's really so bad, God will judge it. What kind of monsters are these who when they have a responsibility to stand for right, when, people, when there is treachery being dealt, they instead side with the treachery. Oh, how big of a problem that can be. It must be dealt with. You know, in John chapter 4 and verse 9, we have a little hint of a problem that's not all too new nor all that old. It has to do with dealing with people of other races. You know John chapter 4? Jesus was with his disciples heading north, and he says, we must needs go through Samaria. Hang on. All you are just looking at me with no shock. Can you all give me a shocked expression? Well, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. What's wrong with this guy? Doesn't he know that the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? But Jesus did. He must needs go through Samaria. And even the Samaritan woman thought it was weird. Who are you? We don't have dealings with the Jews. Jews don't have dealings with us. But Jesus came there because Jesus is the ultimate definition of what is just. He is righteous, and he ignored the racial stigmatism that was among the Jews towards the Samaritans, and he went there to tell a woman there of the need, her need, for living water. So are we just in all of our dealings, like Jesus? We're going to come back to Jesus here in just a moment. But are we like him? 
We used uno. But what other things are there in our lives? Mick is so right. There are so many things we have to deal with. How do we deal with them? How do we deal in our interactions with people? I love this painting. You ever seen this one? I used to always think it was Norman Rockwell, and when I went looking for it, I couldn't find it under Norman Rockwell's name because Norman Rockwell didn't paint it. Somebody else did. You see what's going on there? Is um, the Mrs. Grandma lady up there, is she just in her dealings? She's buying a chicken. Can you see that? And you know when you buy a chicken, you buy it by how much it weighs. And I know this is weird to most of us because it's already been weighed when we see it in the grocery store. But this is before it's already weighed. They're weighing the chicken to see how much it weighs. Is the grandma being just in her dealings? Yes or no? No. Is the shopkeeper being just in his dealings? Yes or no? No. I wonder if this is maybe the reason why most of the time they have it already pre-weighed. We don't have opportunities very often to do that like that. But in the opportunities and the deals that we do have, do we do what's right? Do we do what's just? I had an interesting experience this past week. I am praising the Lord. Our family has finally gotten our big van back after almost seven months of being in the repair shop and needed it back really bad. And we're glad to have it back. Well, if, you're, if you go buy our van out there, you'll notice that its windshield is still busted. And then you also notice in the prayer list, we're praising that the repairs in the van are complete. Well, why is the windshield still busted? Because it was busted before the accident. And for seven months, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me if it was busted in the accident or if it was busted before the accident. Who would have known if I just told him it was in the accident? Who would have known? God would have known. I've been anticipating that question for seven months. And actually, to be blunt, I was really irritated that nobody ever asked. But when I'm there to make the final payment, the manager of the body shop comes up to me and he looks me in the eye in front of every one of my kids. And he says, when I was pulling the van around for you, I noticed his windshield was busted. Were we supposed to fix that? Was that, did that happen in the accident? The truth is, no. But you know how easy it would have been to have said, yeah, fix that windshield. Would I have been just in my dealings if I had lied? No. I would have been dealing falsely. And you know what? I'm afraid that in the insurance category, there's a lot of problems because every single thing you ever sign or see talks about signing under penalty of perjury because I think a lot of people don't deal justly, by the way, on both sides, in their situation because I had the same kind of a thing because back in December when we were in the accident, the estimator came out and gave me an estimate for how much it would cost to repair. And I looked at it, and I looked at my policy, and I looked at the problem, and I says, I'm not a mechanic, and I'm not a body man, but I know it's going to cost more than that. And in the end, it cost oh, about almost five times what their original estimate was. Now, in that, um, 
I was very pleased because I was dealt justly by the insurance company. They dealt justly with me. What our original agreement was, they, they were fully clear and clear for me. But in all of that, my, what's one more thing? The windshield. I'll tell you, if I had thrown it in, it would have been one more thing of deceit. And what does God think of that? It's an abomination. And instead, he delights in those that deal truly. We got to be careful of the deals we make. Do we make under-the-table deals? Do we overlook some things that should be dealt with? Or do we deal with it? Do we deal with things that should be overlooked? How do we deal in our day-to-day lives? Are we dealing justly? Would you please take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 52? We've looked at a lot of negative examples. In fact, we've looked at so many negative examples that actually, if you look in your dictionary, you'll find that deal mm, often carries a negative connotation because people deal unjust, unrighteously. They deal falsely. I'd like to read you a prophecy about a servant. Isaiah 52, verse 13, God prophesies, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and installed and be very high. Who's the servant that will deal prudently? Prudently is right and in a good way, wisely. Who is the servant that's prophesied shall deal prudently? Who shall be exalted and extolled? Well, let's keep reading. For it tells us in verse 14, And many were astonished at thee, the servant. The servant's visage, his appearance, the way he looked, his physical appearance, was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. The servant is Jesus. Isaiah 52 is a prophecy that God would send a servant. Jesus, equal with God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, for he was God. He made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. His visage, his body was so marred more than any man. But he was just. He dealt prudently. He dealt righteously with people. How could this happen to him? Isaiah 52 goes into Isaiah 53, where it tells us in verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we did, as it were, hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not, which seems to be a contradictory because over in verse 13 of the previous chapters, it says that he will be extolled and lifted up very high, exalted. But we despised him and did not esteem him. Why did the just man endure such things? Isaiah 53, 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. When he was really smitten, stricken, and afflicted by me and all of my false dealings and all of yours, all of ours, our false dealings, he bore. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Those things we've done wrong, those false dealings, those wrong dealings, those unjust dealings of ours, we deserve to be punished for them, but instead the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Own way. Own deceitful, false, unrighteous dealings. We oftentimes deal with things the wrong way because we are like sheep gone astray. But look, it says at the end of verse 6, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The one who deals prudently, the one who deals justly, he bore our iniquities, our unjust dealings. And he was oppressed and he was afflicted. And we don't have time to keep on reading, but do you see the one who is just? took our sins upon him. Do you know why? So that we could be just. So why did Jesus die? So that we could be just. So why did Jesus die? So that we could be just. That's the reason why we can together, covenant, promise together, to walk circumspectly in this world, the right way in this world, to be just in our dealings. We can be faithful in our engagements and we can be exemplary in our deportment. Why? Because we have been justified by the just one. He's borne our sins, washed them away. Thereby we, with his spirit, can live justly and do right. We can live justly and do right. He set us an example, and he lives inside of us. Thereby, we can set a good example by his power, by his strength. That's the reason why when we look at our church covenant, we can't forget to pull in that phrase from up above. We engage by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Because you and I are like sheep and we will go astray and we will not deal justly. We will not be faithful in our engagements and we will not be exemplary as going astray sheep. 
But when we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, he fills us and his spirit fills us so that we can walk circumspectly, so that we can be just in our dealings, so that we can be faithful because faithful is he that calleth us who also will do it. And we can be exemplary because we follow in his steps and he left for us an example. And he is in us walking in those steps if we let him. So later this morning, we're going to look at these again together and systematically of these different ones. But I want you to look at the main one here this morning of dealing justly. Go forth this week, deal justly. If there's something that you're convicted of this morning in a way you have not dealt justly in the past, deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it justly. Do what is right. You may need to confess it. You may need to make restitution. Deal with it. Deal justly that God may be glorified in all things. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for your word. We covenant together to live in this way. But Lord, we acknowledge we are so weak. We are so frail. We are like those sheep always going astray. We're always getting deals. We're always dealing, 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 dealing for ourselves. May we look and see and follow you as the one who deals prudently. And just after that prophecy was given, the prophecy of man's betrayal of you is given. And yet you endured all of that so that all of those betraying you, mocking you, me, me, me included, might be forgiven, might be redeemed, might be justified. May we walk in that, in your righteousness, day by day and be filled with your spirit, we pray in your name. Amen.